This is the Hard Mark Podcast, starring Eric Donaldson and Ryan Murphy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of the Hard Mark Podcast. Episode 18's barely legal. I just came up with that. I don't think that we had a marketing scheme around this. No. I don't think we said in advance that this is going to be the barely legal episode, but here we are, 18. The podcast is officially able to buy cigarettes, uh, pornography, other other things of that nature. Uh, with me today, as always, but not as always, he is with me live and in living color. This is not a virtual episode. We are socially distanced, but emotionally available. With me today, Ryan, the man of a thousand compliments, the soul skater, the mater D of Matt Drama, the Tampa Bay topsider, the living painting, the talent, flying Ryan Murphy. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm good. I'm good. Glad I, got, I got my nicknames back. Yeah, you got them back. Yeah. You, you earned them back yeah. after after we had a, a big falling out last time. Yeah. So I'm glad that that's all been smoothed over. Yeah. Um, smooth passage through calm seas, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. And we're here. Anything on your in your mind? Anything you want to get off your chest? No, I mean, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I'm um, glad to be back. Great setup, Eric. Thank you. Every yes, he... time I come back, it's a little bit. There's just one new step that you've taken. Well, you know, it's because all the all the fabulous income that we're making from this thing is all yeah. getting redirected into the podcast. I know we all work for you know large corporations out there, and they're always talking about reinvestments. This is a, a down home. What's the word I'm looking for? A ground level reinvestment, real punk rock type real, of real shit punk rock, yeah. that we're doing over here. Yeah. So, you know, we're always making upgrades. If it does sound better than it has, that's probably because of those things. Uh, but thanks, everybody, for uh, for checking us out. Uh, quick, quick note that I wanted to just kind of uh, get addressed. Uh, if you haven't already liked us on Facebook, on Instagram, etc., you should definitely take a moment and do so. I'd highly encourage you to do it. Uh, I know that I've done it. Ryan Murphy, have you done either of those things? I am actively working on that active perfect any particular reason why you haven't liked <laughs> us on facebook or instagram or anything like that actively busy uh, okay got it yeah uh well thank you for for that um i appreciate you actively working on on that type of thing yeah um i wanted so as far as our episode here today as far as our match uh, to be fair, just to, in the interest of full disclosure, I've done very little research. So this is mostly going to be off of my brain. Okay. Think of this as more of like a jazz episode where it's, you know, people just making noise together. <laughs> it's more of an ensemble type of thing. Yeah. Le- less of a structure, more of just freeform jazz. The match. This or episode. The, the, epi- the whole episode. The huh? whole episode. Very little preparation. I have watched the match. I made notes on the match, but that's it. I didn't do the copious research. I just figured, you know what? The people just want us together chit-chatting. They don't so much care about the backstory, so it's going to focus a little bit less on that. Bring it on. All right. Well, I'm glad that you said bring it on because <laughs> I actually have a thing. I was really hoping, especially since, um, you know, one of the, the favored bits that we've ever done was your fabulous gold belly commercial everyone's been talking about how much that, that's been oh out. yeah a lot okay. of a lot yeah. of really good feedback <laughs> they loved the ryan murphy okay. gold belly commercial so uh, with that in mind i have a little exercise for you so 
This has nothing to do with our match that we're watching here today. But there is a former wrestler, wrestling personality, uh, who's on Instagram. He's very, very active on Instagram, and he has a, quite a following. His name is Virgil. He, he used to be the bodyguard of the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Again, no connection whatsoever to our match here today. Virgil, uh, his Instagram is very, very popular. I was hoping, if you could, and I'm going to send this to you, I was hoping that you, if you wouldn't mind just reading through the caption on his picture of himself that he wrote, just for our audience. You're shaking your head because you don't want to or because you're mad at me for making you do this? I mean, I, last time this, I think it was two weeks before I ended up reading this whole uh, gold belly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I gave you preparation last time, but I, I don't think I don't think that this is necessary. Yeah. Now that you've gotten your sea legs about you, and as far as reading copy, mm-hmm. I think you'll be pretty pretty good at it. Thanks. Fair, <laughs> uh, here we go. Sent. So, if, if you feel like it'll be it would be beneficial for you to read it in advance, you can. Or if you just want to just jump into it, that's fine too. It's up to you. <laughs> the longer you sit there in silence. In the interest of full disclosure, I don't think that Virgil is writing these himself. I think there is a team of people managing his Instagram. Not to ruin the illusion for people, but I would encourage, even if you're not a wrestling fan, uh, Real Virgil on Instagram is a, is a real good follow. If you, if you like memes and uh, references to Olive Garden. I mean, I can read it. Please. I, I don't know if I, you know, have it all here right now. Sure. To, uh... No one's judging you. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm dripping from head to toe in the beefiest juice meat extract. I am filled with a highly concentrated meat stock made from beef. My body is used to add meat flavor and cooking... And to make broth for soups and liquid-based foods. This is different. Uh, meat extract was invented by Baron Justus von Lebisch, a German 19th century organic chemist. He made more fuck you... Oh, he made more... Sorry. He made more fuck money than all of you bitches. <laughs> <laughs> His invention is as big as the internet, flea markets, and Yahtzee. Now bow down and pay me... Now, I'm sorry. Now bow down and pay me and pay homage while paying me to bear on. The man is a Misos god. Good. That's the worst part of this episode. You got through it right at the beginning. Well played. Uh, Any thoughts on the Virgil post right there? Is this an Instagram follow that, that I can expect to see you having in the near future? Real Virgil? Yeah, I'm not on Instagram. Oh, you're not on Instagram? No. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, right. Just pass me a link. and Sure, yeah. <laughs> we can, we'll get you a nice Instagram. Yeah. We'll, we'll put some cool photos on there for you. It'll, it'll be... It was a nice great. read, you know? Yeah. 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 I could see just taking snapshots of all of his various Instagram posts and just reading them on a plane. Yeah. Like something where yeah. You're, you're looking to relax, kick back a little bit. <laughs> Um. <clears throat> all right. So again, not a whole lot of backstory as far as our match today. So I figure we would probably have a little bit of uh, of time to just kind of chitter chatter about various topics, whatever happens to come to mind. So I'll just get it out of the way right now. Ryan Carter. There's 
nothing more that I like than a fresh cut lime. I didn't have as much gusto. That's, that was a lot of uh, gusto. One thing that I found out recently. Yeah. You're a Vegas guy. Yeah. You like going to Las I mean, maybe not right now, but in general, you're a Vegas guy. Have you seen that some casinos in Vegas have tables for the game War? Apparently they do. You strike me as someone who would play War in Las Vegas. Like the card game War? Yeah, what else What else would I be referring to? That was a very, like, old-school card game. I mean, uh, I loved it as a kid. Right. Because it's, of the very simple rules. I'm not even sure how you how you gamble. Like, I think you would... Bef- I mean, granted, I, I've not seen this for myself personally, but I uh, have it on good authority that there was, not in all casinos, but a certain casino at least, has competitive games-based war. Okay. And I'm assuming before... You know, you're flipping your cards or whatever. You would make your wager, and then that would be it. I, I would be totally interested in seeing something like that. Like, I haven't thought of War in a long time, but I absolutely played it a lot as a, as a kid. Do you gamble yeah. when you're in Vegas? Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I shouldn't say yeah. You like, that so fast. Well, I, I do I do like to I play, like, a lot of three-card poker. Uh, we'll play a little bit of blackjack. Um, like like table, right? Not Yeah, or, yeah. Okay. Um. Or I'll play like, you know, play the, the split or odds on a, on a sports game like out there. Okay. Um, but I like I love gambling. Yeah. Hmm. So okay. So you said three card poker. Yeah. And then what was the other one? Uh, we'll play blackjack to okay. like a little bit. I'm not a huge blackjack player, but three card poker is really my. I've always been intimidated by the idea of playing cards at like a table. So I'll typically stick to like video stuff just because I don't want to like be in the hot seat, so to speak, and figure out like what, or like make a mistake and do the wrong thing. I would feel very self-conscious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like three card poker is the game I know the best. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm kind of the same way. I don't like hopping onto other tables if I don't fully understand the rules and how to play the game. And also mm-hmm. like you're playing with six people, you got to like handle them too. But like, I am a very good three card poker player. Oh, and people very good. will still talk shit about like certain ways that I play the game, even like knowing full well what the rules are and how to like like it, strangers. Yeah. See, I feel like the I've dealer been... strangers. The wait, the dealer, the fucking supervisor who's like overseeing the game will like talk shit about like how I'm playing. But I okay, yeah. <laughs> but I'll is cons- this common? Probably. I mean, there's like some like strategy to do, like different games. I'm sure it happens, but do you think they're getting mad at you for winning? I I play a lot of like I, you can play like high risk on three card poker, uh-huh. but you see people like just slowly lose all their money, or you can play like lower risk, and you can't like I've hit you know uh, certain cards I would have paid like three hundred to one. I've hit it, like t- once or twice, which okay. would be a lot of money, right? Sure. But I don't play that because you lose all your chips. Right. And I get called out by the dealer and oh. the supervisor and the players around the table every single time I miss one of those. Oh, um, okay. And you get, like, so it doesn't matter where you play. Like, if you're, like, you know, worried about, like, you know, stepping on a table and not knowing what you're doing, you're, people are going to talk shit to you, like, left and right. Like, I don't think I could handle that. I think yeah. I'd get very, I think I'd get, like, worked up and then I'd start, like, snapping at people out of, like, frustration. Yeah, I could see you doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I would almost certainly start doing that. Yeah. Do you do you tip dealers after you? Yeah, uh, yeah. If I'm winning, what's an? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. If you lose your ass, you're probably not yeah. going to tip. Yeah. What's an appropriate tip? It's for like five a, bucks. 
on the loaded fucking guy. Like, like five bucks just regardless, or five bucks if you've won. Like, what what's the threshold? Like, I leave the table and I tip five bucks usually. As long as you have five bucks to tip. What if you like won big? What's you might throw in five bucks. You see people like sometimes if they went big, they'll throw like five ten bucks in sure. just to tip the dealer. Okay, so you're, you're not playing high stakes tables then. You're you're. I could be. But are you? I may not be all the time. <laughs> you might not find me at that table, but okay. Uh, you know, sure, I could be. Yeah, if I wanted to. I I have. Fa- I would love to see it. I would. I would love yeah. to see you count cards and do all the stuff that that you do. That's yeah. getting you kicked out of these casinos and yelled at by supervisors. <laughs> Fucking hate these supervisors. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Huh. Okay. I had no idea that you were actually like actively playing table games. I just assumed. I mean, I should. It's three card poker. It's not a very like you know. There's other. Well, still, but there's still like a learning curve to and, that. Yeah, I mean, it's just another card game. But like, I don't like go and play like every card table game on the you know in Vegas. There, mm-hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of games. I don't know how to play them. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've never learned how to do. Uh, I don't know craps. I don't know. Yeah, craps. that's the one I want to play. I've heard that that's actually one of the ones that you can win the most money off of if you know what you're doing. It's, yeah, I mean, and it, it seems fairly simple to pick up. Like, you can learn how to play the game, but, like, mm-hmm. actually, it's different, like, playing it online on your phone. Oh, sure, anything. And then, like, and, like, getting in there with, like, ten people who are, like, relying on your, like, throw or, like, yeah. you know, like, I don't want to do that. You know it's not different online mm-hmm. versus in person? What's that? War. <laughs> I've never played War online. But, exact same uh, thing. Yeah, okay. Exact that, same that, that thing. That makes <laughs> Okay, as long as we're sticking on this Ryan's Corner theme for at least a little bit, let me just take a look here at the old the old notes. Because I just want I just want to I just want to get weird today. I feel like it's been a while since we've seen each other in person. Let's just get yeah. fucking weird and crazy yeah. together. I'm going to ask you a hypothetical. Okay. <laughs> Are you mentally prepared for this hypothetical? I don't know. I wasn't ready for the last. <laughs> I'm not going to make you read anything if that yeah. makes you feel any yeah. better. You have the choice. Uh-huh. Two options. One, you can go to any time period in the past, anyone that you choose at all, or you can go a hundred years in the future. What do you pick? You go a hundred years, like any time within a hundred years, or well, I think I think if you they, go a hundred years backwards. Well, no, no, no. So the hundred years is only applicable forwards. So you can either go a hundred years into the future, or you go any time in the past, or any time in the past. It does not have to be a hundred years. In the past. So, like, you could go to Egypt, you could go to Rome, like, ancient Rome. Like, as the same, like, age as, like, as you are now. We're going to say that this is, is the Ryan of, of, you know what? I'll even throw you another bone. It can be <laughs> Prime Ryan. So, if you yeah, consider okay. P- Prime Ryan to be the Ryan of today, 30-year-old yeah. Ryan, yeah. then that... But it could be any Ryan. But it could be 29-year-old Ryan. Maybe that was your physical prime. I don't know. But whatever you determine to be the best version of yourself, maybe it was when you were 17, young and fresh-faced... Just full of piss and vinegar. It can be that guy too. I've really never had like that much interest in the future. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, that I guess makes it at least a little. You've eliminated that option. Though. Like, like but you're not curious. Like, don't what me, happens? Yeah, no, don't give me. I am curious. Like, I like like technology for sure. Like, but like, I'm not that into technology anyway. Like, I would be curious to get like a quick snapshot and be like, oh shit, this is what like you know who wouldn't right? But like. I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably go in the past. Uh, You're talking about just like a picture on your phone? You would go Like, I would just be like, like, if you if you took a person from 100 years ago, and yeah. you were like, you want to jump 100 years, they'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Like, 
All of this shit. They probably happening. think it was like super boring. To move 100 years in the future? If someone from 100 years ago from now, so 1920, yeah. we then went to 2020, especially right now with all these lockdowns, yeah, 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 like, yeah, what yeah, the yeah. fuck? Like, yeah. this is super Yeah, but like shitty. 2019, like everything we have now, they didn't have. They didn't have planes. Like, you see a big plane flying over, you'd be like, like that'd be... So, yeah. yes, it would be totally fucking crazy to go in the future. Don't... I'm not... But I'm just... I'm not that interested in it. Like... <laughs> I like how for a second it sounded like you were almost selling yourself on it, and then you totally buried it. Yeah, I'd probably, okay. I'd probably rather go into the past and where I knew it was like a good time, and just like you know, be your prime, like, like self in that what is, in that what period is prime, of time. What is prime Ryan? No, I. <laughs> now I'm curious what prime Ryan I, is. Which I mean, Ryan gets sent back? I think who's the John Connor of Ryan's <laughs> in this situation? I don't really have it. Like, I don't really want to go like the 18, 19, like twenty early. I like which all... Ryan is being sent nude into the past <laughs> and has to take police officers' clothes to survive. I, <laughs> I, I, I know. <laughs> That's a hard question. All right, we'll we'll switch gears. But which time period then? So so we've discerned not the future. You don't you don't care about the future. What about the past? So which, what time period? We can talk like feudal Japan. You can talk like prehistoric era, although that might be a little dangerous. What are we thinking? I'd have no interest. No, like I'd go like somewhere like pretty recent, like throwing back to like the late 80s, early 90s. What? Like, like as like a 25 like year old, like, fuck yeah. Like that. in the late 80s. That would be. You already like, lived in the late 80s. I did not. I didn't live in the, any of the 80s. Okay. I'm a very young guy, so... I can guarantee you that you can more or less predict exactly how the late 80s went. But, like, to live through that as a young adult, that would be... What, are you... Are you so, just so I, I'm clear, are you approaching this conundrum as if, like, you're going back there permanently? Like, you're just going to fucking live there? Because or I, I... my thought was you're just going there as a tourist, you're maybe spending, like, I don't know, a couple days to a week, and then you're coming back. Okay. But uh, sure, I, I can see if you're trying okay. to, like, live in this place, you want a time period where there's medicine and it's not going to be a drastic shift. But it's also a great just... fucking time, Eric. Like, <laughs> Are you just going back for the Quaaludes? Be honest. <laughs> I would go back for the Quaaludes. <laughs> um, okay, let me... Okay, if that's the case, then if we're, like, if I'm just visiting, mm-hmm. then, I, then yes, I would, like, okay. I see what you're saying with the question. I don't know how I missed this in the first place, but you miss a lot of things on this <laughs> podcast. Uh, I I think I think I'd probably jump a hundred years into the future. Then I thought you didn't care about the future. I don't care to live in the future. Wait, you would rather? I'd rather live see the- what's going on. I'd rather live like yeah, like go back. Okay, and live in a certain time in the past. That's, I feel like that's the opposite of what most people would do. Most people, I think, if get, well, I mean, maybe that's extreme, but I feel like the, the, I would be more inclined to want to live in the future than I would in the past, just because of, I know that whatever exists now, there's going to be some form of that in the future, if not more of it. Maybe. Whereas in the past, <laughs> you're going to be losing access to, I, I mean, clearly there's not going to be an internet. There's not going to be a lot of the things that you sort of take for granted as creature comforts now. But it's interesting to me that you would, you know, as a tourist, have no, you would be more interested to go, but not to to actually live in that environment. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I I think the future is going to be a weird, like, sketchy place (laughs) uh, to live in. I don't know. But, you know, maybe I'm, you know. Is this conspiracy theory, Ryan, coming? I'm not really a conspiracy theorist. I just, like, 
think now's a really weird time to live in anyway. And like, sure. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I wouldn't want to live in the future, but I definitely want to like see what happens in the future. Like a quick snapshot of it would be, but if I was going to, yeah, I'd, I'd choose to live in the past. Okay. Yeah. Specifically the late eighties. I would love 90s. to, I, I would love to live that, that period. Yeah. I would choose like, I don't know, feudal Japan. Or I, I, I know you <laughs> like somewhere in Mongolia in the in the days of Genghis Khan and just try I don't I don't know like I probably wouldn't live that long but I'd like if I could if we're talking like quantum leap rules if I could just leap into the body of just some random Mongolian dude uh, I would do that just to be like holy shit this shit is nuts and then zap back into 2020 era. Like, I would be all about that just to see it and then come yeah back. just to see it just to be yeah. like because I've heard all the stories about you know. Um, setting animals on fire and then like fling them in, flinging them into cities and shit like that. And I just think it'd be totally wild and yeah, probably know, a different a different sort of environment. You know, the feudal Japan thing, I guess, for similar although different reasons. Where else? What other prominent eras in history? I don't know. Asia has a lot of it. I imagine like a lot of fucking like crazy shit going on over there. Asia the does have a lot of crazy shit. Yeah. Oh God, that's that's very true. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure if I sat down and thought about it, I could think of, of a few. But yeah, it would be tough to think of between the future or the past. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm torn for, for both of those. But uh, I appreciate you saying that you would go back to 1980s. That's Southern California. Wait. Just skate. Just skate? Yeah, just be one of the lords of Dogtown. <laughs> Is that what that was called? Is that one of those guys? Um, I guess. Okay, I'll ask you one more thing. Okay. All right. Uh, where do you stand on peeing in the shower? Yeah, I'm all about it. You're all about it. Yeah. <laughs> I've, that was, a, a, a really fast answer. Yeah. And B, you were looking at me like, hell yeah, I pee in the shower. I don't know why. Who, who doesn't? I mean, I, I too am also a shower peer. Yeah. What is What does Greta think about you peeing in the shower? Does she mind know. you doing it? Why? Would, how would she even know? Sometimes my wife can smell when I'm peeing. So she'll be like in the bathroom and then she'll like sniff and she'll be like, are you peeing? And then I'll have to, I'll answer yes. Like, so she's in there with you. She's not in the shower. No, no, but in the bathroom. Like, yes. Yeah. This doesn't happen as much. Just separate separation, bathroom separation. Is that why? Yeah. I think like, I mean, we take showers. at. The so if Greta's listening to this right now. This is her. Does she already know that you pee in the shower or is this? I think she knows. Yeah, she knows. Yeah. I'd say she knows. What, well, why would she know? I, I, pro- I mean, again, I'm so. Uh, this issue is a. This is a non-issue. I would tell anybody I pee in the <laughs> it's shower. A you just have to. If you don't respect that or like allow it to happen, like there's, we're, there, that's it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely right there with you. Yeah. Um, I, <clears throat> I do that. What about peeing in a, in a pool? That's where you draw the line. Because you were a lifeguard at one yeah. point in time. Pee in the ocean. Pee in the river. Pee in the outdoor water is fine. Okay. You jump into the lake and where, you want to pee. That's totally... But pee in the pool? No, you don't pee in the pool. Where do you... So you would pee in a pond? Yeah. But you wouldn't pee in a pool? Yeah. Don't you think the chemicals are there to kind of like no, sterilize that? I would never pee in a pool. I think it's one of the most disgusting things you could... When you pee in the shower, you're not peeing with like... 20 other people like around you even, sure. if, even if the chemicals do anything mm-hmm. which I, I'm not so confident they do anything it's chlorine what if it's an empty pool no 
Does that a principle? When like you pee in the shower, it just goes you right. You run it right down. Sure. The you don't. You you pee in a pool. It's it lingers. Well, it dissipates. I understand that. Like, but and then there's filters as well. You shouldn't have pulled Eric because I mean, it dissipates. I haven't. Okay, it dissipates. <laughs> Uh, I I don't think that's the same. I think that's a slightly different. You don't think for the record, the I have peed in pools before. Okay, as an adult man, um, I don't as go an out adult of adult man. Yeah, like what kind of pool? In the is past it? like year or two. Oh, oh. <laughs> you fucking haven't. Yeah, I have. I have no qualms about peeing in a pool, especially if I'm. It's like if it's just like me and my wife. I'll pee in a pool all day long. Why would I get out of the pool to like go to the bathroom? And then get with my with then my pea soaked penis get back into the pool. Why would your penis be pea soaked if you got out of the pool? Like it's not when I, it's when I pee, then there's pee on it, and then of course there's going to be residual pee. But you just peed back. in the pool, so you made it like a hundred times worse. No, I did pee in the pool. I didn't. You're worried about residual pee, but then you just pee in the pool. Well, I'm like. saying no. My argument is, why would I bother getting out to pee if I'm just going to track pee back in. Why not just give myself a little bit of comfort and relaxation, not have to get out of the cold pool and then reacclimate my body to it? Just pee in the pool. There's a filter and there's chemicals. You have not done this as an I have so. You <laughs> could go upstairs right now and ask Heather about it, and she will absolutely tell you that I... What does she think about this? I don't know. She hasn't like left. <laughs> so she can't feel too strongly about it. I, I have always... That is a hard line with you not pee in the pool. Is this your lifeguard training coming into play? Is that why this it is? It never, like, came up into play. Like, I know, like, like, <laughs> there, I mean, little little kids we have to, like, be concerned about. And there was, like, rules that said do not pee in the pool. Like, Well, how are you, but how are you going to know? Yeah, I don't know. You just respect the rules, Eric. <laughs> you just <laughs> you don't get in there and start peeing in the pool. There's so many people around you. You just don't do that. I don't pee to be so I do have a moral compass. Every man needs a code. I will not pee in a crowded pool. If there's a bunch of people around me, I will not pee in that situation. I would get out and then, you know, pee in a bathroom like a savage. But if it's just me, because oftentimes when I go out on like vacations back when those were a thing, remember vacations everybody? <laughs> when we would go to vacations and stay in a hotel, oftentimes we would specifically book hotels with pools. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes in those hotel pools, you want to try and go when there's like nobody else around, so you can just have the pool all to yourself. If that's the case, yeah, pee in a pool. You should not pee in a pool. You should stop doing that. You haven't you given me one good reason why I shouldn't there's be in no, a pool. There's no reason. Like, there's no, like, you know, like, there, you, just, you just shouldn't do it. Like, you should not. <laughs> someone else... There may be no one there. Someone else just jumps in right, you know, where you just now. Bear Grylls has drank his own pee a lot of times. I understand. Pee is sterile. Pee in a lake. Pee in the other pee anywhere. Just if don't. I could move from the pool into a lake to pee, I would consider it. Yep. There was a little inlet. <laughs> I could just waddle my way through this inlet from the pool into the lake. I like would if someone that. if someone peed in the pool right there and then you just like jumped in yeah. with your wife. Yes. I would accept that that's just a part of the process. If I'm in a public pool, there's probably a shitload of pee in there. And so I'm going to... But you shouldn't accept that. Like, you should just be like, this is unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm surprised to hear this. I, I thought more people did not pee in pools. And, I, and I'm finding it to be more and more common. I mean, I'm I a very disgusting. small sample size, to be fair. Yeah, it's but... not just you. 
I'm maybe, not... maybe I'll put out a poll on on the uh, Facebook that you have yet to like and see what the what the percentage is. Stop being impulsive. Ryan is imploring you. Everyone, stop you pee in the pools. shower. Come to think of it, I think I've probably peed in a hot tub before. Jesus Christ! I mean, like not commonly, but I think I've. I think it's done. all you know. It, it, as much as it's like more close, I think it's even a little bit grosser in some ways. Yeah, I think it's, it's much also. Grosser. I feel like the water's heated up, and there's more action. Like <laughs> there's 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 more to like. I respected like, you more when you had a very clear delineation about this. You backtracking on this hot tub issue makes me question <laughs> your whole stance. I just, I just like the hotter the the water, like the the less I I think of it as like so like just pee like just moving everywhere, just not being cute, like you know. I was really hoping you were going to come up with like a really cool metaphor, like the hotter the water, the sweeter the juice, or something like that. I don't know. I just, I, you're peeing in a pool and it's just like, it's very stagnant and it's fucking disgusting. And I, I just, yeah. Pee in a hot tub. <laughs> I guess people, I mean, whatever. I don't, people dunk their heads more into pools than, than hot tubs, I suppose. Yeah. At one point in time, I was somebody who would dunk my head in hot tubs and then I was repeatedly chastised that that was not a good idea. You're not supposed to. Yeah. Then there's like spermies and stuff swimming in, in there probably. Do you have- problem with people doing that like jizzing in the pool i don't think that that's appropriate (laughs) (laughs) but peeing in a pool is just fine yeah okay but not sterile bear grills is pretty sure like semen is sterile too (laughs) (laughs) but is bear grills drinking that's that's the question okay that's the question all right no that that's that's good to know i had no idea you're so i would have thought you'd said no i don't pee in pools showers for sure but well, you learn something about uh, people every day. Oh, all right, let's uh, let's get into the match. What do you say? Let's get into the match. Let's get into the match. Stop talking about this. Do you do you remember? <laughs> I feel like you're like mad at me now. Uh, so our match here this week is going to be Brett Hitman Hart versus Mister Perfect. Um, I chose this match for no particular reason. I just thought it was a fun match from when I was a, a child. And I thought it'd be a good idea to watch it. So it takes place um, in summertime, August of 1991, in Madison Square Garden. Have you ever been to New York? Excuse me. Wow, that was a weird burp. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, I think my myself. all my talking about peeing in pools is making Ryan puke in his own throw up. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I haven't. I would like to go at some point, but I haven't been. I've been once, yeah. and I don't, if I remember right, I think we walked near Madison Square Garden, but I had meant to, like, see it. Not that I was going to get inside or anything. Yeah, I'm bad, but you... I've been to New York City, but I've never Not been to... Madison I've never... Square. Yeah, I've never been to Madison Square Garden before. But yeah, mm-hmm. so that's when this took place. Uh, Brett Hitman Hart, in case you uh, have been following this program for a little while, he was featured in episode 10, the Dream Team versus the Million Dollar Team. He was the one, Ryan, that you... I think you seem to like him. He was the last remaining member of the Dream Team. He fought very valiantly against Ted DiBiase, but uh, he lost. Also, if you remember, that was the defining moment of my childhood where I determined pro wrestling is, in fact, real because why else would Bret Hart curse after he lost the match? Ah, uh, okay. I remember that, that point. He sits up, like, yeah. and then he mouths very clearly and right in front of the camera... <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to uh, seven-year-old Eric, that was all that I need. Or actually, six. Six-year-old Eric, that was all the evidence that I needed. Like, yeah. okay, this this is real. This is a real thing. Yeah. 
Um, so since then, Bret Hart, uh, when we first watched him in that uh, in episode ten, he was a part of the tag team called the Hart Foundation. In an unusual series of events, he and his partner actually had an amicable parting of the ways. So they did not feud with one another. There was no big argument or blow up. Crazy. They, they just shook hands and parted as friends. Uh, what a what a nice thing to happen in wrestling sometimes. Uh, so since then, since that parting of the ways, Bret Hart's become uh, a little bit more focused on a singles career. So he's kind of making his way up to up the singles ranks. This is his first kind of major opportunity as a singles wrestler. He's going to be wrestling for the Intercontinental Championship in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> Hit us with all your insights, Ryan. I'm, I can't wait to... I, I like any event hosted in Madison Square Garden. Um, there's there's a certain touch. What to, do you mean by that? I, you just, like, you hear about major, like, sporting... It's in New York City, Madison Square Garden. You've sure. had a lot of famous, like, matches, games, events there. Yeah, I mean, the Knicks. There's a lot something of about, boxing. like, it, it's in the air there. Yeah, yeah. Suppose, yeah, from what I've heard, yeah. I, I've heard the same thing. So. In, in wrestling... They actually refer to Madison Square Garden as the mecca mm. of uh, of wrestling or the mecca of sports entertainment, mm-hmm. depending on who's, yeah. who's saying it. Just because the McMahons have been promoting there for so many decades, um, that's kind of their their home base. They they consider it in a lot of cases. Packed pack stadium, packed stadium, packed house, yeah. packed uh, packed city. Um, so his opponent is the reigning, defending Intercontinental Champion. His name is Mr. Perfect. Like Bret Hart, he's also a second-generation wrestler. There's a lot of second-generation wrestlers out there. Which is surprising. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I when you were a kid, did you think that you were just going to do whatever your dad did? Because that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Like, my dad worked for Boeing, and I was just like, oh. Can't wait to work for Boeing when I'm a, that, when I'm a girl. Yeah, I was, yeah, unfortunately, that's not the case for me. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yes, his father was a wrestler, Larry the Axe Hennig. Uh, so now Kurt Hennig, his son, Mr. Perfect, um, is a wrestler as well. When I think back to my childhood, uh, and I think back to intercontinental champions... So the Intercontinental title, we've actually seen in one match. If you remember Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior, that was a title for title match. That was the World Wrestling Federation Championship, which is like the top title in the company. And then Ultimate Warrior was the Intercontinental Champion, which is like a secondary title in the company. Ultimate Warrior notwithstanding, the Intercontinental title was generally considered to be like the wrestler's championship. Like if you want to see like a really good wrestling match, that was the Intercontinental title. And so back in the day, you would often have multiple shows happening all across the country. Like one show would be main evented by Hulk Hogan, and then the other show would be main evented by whoever the Intercontinental Champion was. And so for me, Mr. Perfect is like the representation of the Intercontinental Champion from back when I was a kid. And his name, Mr. Perfect, comes from the fact that he's just great at everything. He's a great athlete. He's got a great look. He just looks like... The perfect, the perfect wrestler. Did he like deem himself Mr. Perfect, or did that come with many matches of? When he first entered the company, I think that they referred to him by his real name of Kurt Hennig, and then being a bad guy wrestler, I think eventually he just sort of coined the Mr. Perfect thing for himself, and then it just sort of stuck from there. If it sticks, right? Exactly. You and can you deem a... yourself whatever you want, but it has to stick. It's got to stick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As long as as long as other people are saying it, you're mm-hmm, you're in the clear. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we're watching this, 
no one even really called him by his real name. They all just called him Mr. Perfect. Yeah. And so they would shoot a series of videos, series of vignettes of him playing different sports and nailing it every single time. Like there's some famous ones of him shooting like three pointers. And of course they edited it to make, make it look like he was just nailing every single one, um, hitting home runs in baseball throwing strikes and bowling. Like, that's how they sort of introduce this character. Is like, this guy never fucks up anything. Yeah. Um, it's nice. Yeah. Nice to have. <laughs> <laughs> Much like yourself in, yeah, in, in yeah. many ways. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of the, the short version of our match. Mr. Perfect um, had been, I think, Intercontinental Champion for eh, probably the better part of a year uh, by the time this match happened. Again, Bret Hart's still kind of rising the ranks, so it becomes a matter of, Who's going to be sort of the guy that moves forward as the wrestling champion? Is it going to be Mr. Perfect? Is he going to hold on to this title? Or is Bret Hart ready to ascend to that next level within the company? And that's that's the story. So not quite as convoluted as our Shibata story last time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, any any questions, any, any information that you think would be beneficial to know before we watch our match? Information? Yeah, any, yeah any, any information? Because I know you've gotten mad at me before. For oh, withholding oh, oh, details. Like so if there's anything that you want me to impart to you now, I'm happy to do so. No, I think I, I, I've become less upset the more and more matches I've lost. <laughs> um, well, to be fair, currently you are sitting at a 7-10 and 10 record. I know you lost... What are you fiddling around with? Yeah. Just let me... Let me we'll, we'll, we'll fix it at that break. Okay. <laughs> That's fine, doing that. <laughs> oh, Ryan... Okay, um, so no other addition. Actually, two other pieces of information I should just tell you. Bret Hart, his finishing maneuver, since he's become a singles wrestler, is called the sharpshooter. So let me let me stand up here for a bit. Yeah. Imagine that there's a man laying on his back in front of me. Are you picturing that, Ryan? Yeah, I got it. Okay. <laughs> so let's imagine I'm. <laughs> let's imagine I'm holding by the a, hips. Not by the hips. I'm, imagine that I'm holding both both of his legs in my in my hands right here, right. So he's kind of like doing like a V Wheel, wheelbarrow, your wheelbarrow. Yeah. Uh, wheelbarrow, but usually when I think wheelbarrow, I think that they're uh, stomach first. Mm-hmm. This is laying on their back, so they're oh, stomach okay. up. Okay. Oh, yeah. So they're facing upwards. I'm holding both of their legs, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, kind of snake my leg through their legs. I'm going to twist both of their legs around my leg here. I'm going to grab them by their legs. I'm going to twist them over. I'm just going to yank back. And so that puts a lot of pressure on their back. And so that's the sharpshooter. That's his finishing maneuver. Uh, Mr. Perfect, his finishing move is called the perfect plex, where he kind of hooks the guy, um, grasps hold their their leg and their arm, and he flips backwards. And it's like a pinning combination. So... Unlike a lot of moves where it's meant to like stun them so they're out for three seconds, his is like a pinning hole that's very difficult to get out of. Sounds intense. It's, it is very intense. It's probably the most intense thing in sports. Uh, but that's it. Uh, anything else that we should cover before you hope to break your one-week losing streak and get up to uh, 8 and 10? Yeah, I will break it. Oh, is that a, Are you, you calling your calling shot? right now. Yeah. You're, you're Babe Ruth in this? Disappointing. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear how your microphone sounds. Just for the record, depending on whatever creative editing I need to do, just so you know, Ryan knocked his microphone down to the floor and he's cu- currently holding it like a stand-up comedian. 
I didn't. It, it fell off. And he's doing his best to like keep it aimed at his mouth, but in reality, it's actually going all over the place. It's like a little kid trying to eat ice cream right. while they're on a very shaky train. Right. Good. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. You're welcome. So with all that said, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And I know I said this last time. I'm going to say it again. I'm not saying that you need to... F- How do I want to phrase this delicately? We are men of science. I'm not asking you to fudge any science. But God damn it, I want a new number one, and I want a new number last. <laughs> that, that's, that's all that I want. And I want this to happen sometime soon. I'm not saying that this is going to be either of those. Yeah. Yeah. But just... We don't want to manipulate the data. We can't be too precious about these things, right? I think you're putting Osprey versus Shingo on a pedestal. It's a great match. But I also think that you're putting Steiners versus... Show me something better. Like, you're, this is, you're, you're choosing the matches each each week. I will take partial responsibility for this. But I will not take full responsibility. <laughs> so we're going to see how this match ranks in just a couple minutes. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we'll give you our thoughts on Mr. Perfect versus Brett Hitman Hart. Thank you. Bell's gone. This one's underway. All the marbles at stake here. Take a look. Jam-packed here in the garden. 20,000 plus on hand. And who knows how many millions around the world watching SummerSlam 91. Perfect's got not only his title on the line, but his reputation. Well, what, Bret Hart ain't got nothing on the line? Bret Hart's got his whole career on his line. Let alone, I don't know if I would like to fight in the building if I knew my mom and pop were up there watching. It'd be hard for me. Your Flew mo- in especially from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, Portis. True. Your mom and pop were here. They wouldn't let anybody know that you were there. Oh, look at this. A crucifix. Almost got it. I'm, I'm not going to kill you for that remark, folks. I'm going to let you live on another two and a half hours. I'm not saying... I- I heard a rumor that your mom and dad ran away from home. I, you I heard that rumor. I heard nothing I came up with. I don't see how they can go much longer at this pace. Listen to this chant here by this capacity crowd. I can't hear. What are they chanting? Let's go, Brett. Deafening in here. Brett. The coach has a broken nose. Good. Nice block there, that move. Oh, he's got that hole half applied on the canvas. He's turning the ball up. Beautiful power. The short shooter. He's got it. So we just finished watching Brett Hitman Hart versus Mr. Perfect. And guess what, everybody? Ryan is back in the winner's column. That's right. He successfully predicted that Brett Hitman Hart was going to win the match, win the Intercontinental title. And here we are. Well, Ryan, what did you think of the match? It was, <laughs> it was pretty good. Okay. Uh, did you say you liked it? Yeah. Okay. I just don't know where to peg it. Like, I, I don't know like what I thought. Like, Well, we don't want to put the cart in front of the horse. We, we can talk about the match a little bit and then kind of make our, our rankings. It, it was so back and forth. And so, like, there was no, like... There was You're no... talking about in terms of the, the contest between the two competitors, you mean? It was back and yeah. forth? Yeah, you... both of them had, like, pretty equal, like, both sides. I didn't know how to pick. I really just took a guess. 
Sure. Um, was there anything that swayed your decision to choose Brett? Um, like, what made you choose him over Mr. Perfect? I feel like that, that ring kick. I, did I make my call right before that or right after? I think it was right around there. The ring kick? Yeah, right up right up in the crotch when he kicked the ring. Not, oh, oh, not Brett okay. himself, but he <laughs> got, got caught okay. up there. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me translate from Ryan's speak into yeah. what actually happened. So, okay. There was a so Bret Hart was about to put the sharpshooter, which we oh. which I so eloquently demonstrated for you here in Hedonism Four in the, in the basement. Uh, so he was about ready to put Mr. Perfect in that. Mr. Perfect's uh, manager, the coach, showed up on the on the ring apron. Bret dropped Perfect, went over to the coach, punched him out, and then while Bret was kind of yelling at him, he had one leg through the middle rope. And while he's, he was kind of straddling that metal rope, Mr. Perfect took that opportunity to kick the rope right into Brett's groin. Yep. And, and uh, I think your prediction was within a minute or two. I don't know if it was right after that or whatever, but that was, yep. so that was what you would say was the determining factor for you? That's weighted. It, it was so 50-50 that I was like, they're, they're not going to let this guy, like, the fans don't want to see it. The energy doesn't want to see it, right? Like, it, it just it went towards Brett at that point. Would you say that Brett's parents being in the audience swayed your opinion at all, or you no. just <laughs> no. No. no? They just they just make copious attempts to show someone's parents for no reason yeah, whatsoever, that, and that's, then yeah. And no, then, that, then that, if he that, loses, and they're just gonna show him again, all heartbroken, yeah. like, yeah. "Hey, you flew out for fucking nothing." Yeah. <laughs> that's that's fair. Uh, let's go. Let's go to their notes. Uh, okay, so right off the bat, little perfect, uh, little perfect, little promo from Mister Perfect. You said he looked like Mister Clean. He's not bald. Yeah, but he had the same like. I don't know. Let me pull up a picture of Mister Clean just so you understand who. I is. understand Mister Clean is bald. I, I get that. That's but kind he, of his defining trait. But he's also a big fucking bulky guy. Like okay, um, sure, know. okay, I, I can I can see that. But now, I guess for my benefit. I will pull up Mr. Clean. Is it the white hair as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, blonde, you know. I mean, Mr. Clean, I'm not sure. I don't know if I'd consider him blonde. He's more just like a white a silver fox. Okay. I mean, you know what I'm... I, Okay. If you, if you cut off all of Mr. Perfect's hair, I could see there being a, a connection there with Mr. Clean. So I could, I could see that. Sure. His mullet was almost like a little bit of like a, like a crew top, like kind of, you know, like... His hair in this match was very weird. It was weird because, yeah, it started off one way and did not end that way. <laughs> his, um, hair, his hair did start off one way. And it, see, he was, had it tied yeah. back, pulled back, and then by the end it was just like a weird... Was it tied back? I thought it was just like a mullet, like, but maybe it was tied back. I think he had a, a something, like oh, a little God. ponytail, you know, I don't know. What do you call that? A scrunchie? Not a scrunchie. Just a band, a hair band, a hair tie, yeah, a hair tie, ponytail-like thing. A hair tie. I'm pretty sure it had a hair yeah. tie in. And then there was a lot of hair shit in this match. I think you and I can both agree on that. Yeah. A lot of hair shit. That I mean was part of the match. The ref didn't really kind of like pointed a finger. <laughs> Don't do that. Well, you know, Ryan, if you or I were a referee out there on the day to day, living the life, living the dream of a referee. You want the the match to be decided in the ring. You don't want it to come down to a judge's decision. I so, like that. Yeah. You know, that's, let it play. Yeah. Let let the ball play the ball as it lies, as they say in the world of golf. I don't know if that's applicable in this case or not. But, 
But we'll go with it. Yeah. So we had the promo for Mr. Perfect, who, again, you said looked like Mr. Clean, even though he's not bald. Um, there was a really cool jacket that Bret Hart had. Yeah. Yeah, it's a slick jacket. It was pink. Yeah. What material would you guess that that jacket was, if you had to estimate? I don't even know either. Well, let's say velour. It's Is not. That, I, no, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, what did you think of the commentary during the match? Uh, it was okay. What? I love that commentary. Just it was, like the it was very like it was very like 1990s like video game commentary. So how was that a bad thing? It wasn't a bad thing. It was but not you're bad. Not, it was you, not bad commentary. It was like it was just like I don't know. It's too over the top a little bit. Hmm. Like it wasn't like as authentic into this match as I would like to see from like commentary. Like if I, it okay. was it was more generic. It was more generically like. We're gonna to need to agree to disagree on this one because I really okay. love the commentary. There was, there was. I know there's been at least one match where there's very good commentary that we've watched, and but it, it was specific to the match. This was like you're saying that you thought that the commentary could have been equally applicable to any match. It didn't have to necessarily be for this match. Yeah, like it was like you, you're kind of like throwing comments over just like any generic. That's what I thought. Like, it, like I guess a video game kind of stuff. Like that's. Okay, you, a lot was, of sound bites. Yeah. Okay. For me, but it wasn't like there's also been a lot of worse commentary too that I've seen. I don't. Yeah, I, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say this is one of the better, better ones. You, you hyped up the commentary so much in the beginning that I was expecting great commentary, and then it came down. It was yeah. Allow me to translate from Ryanese a, a one more time here. I did not <laughs> hype it up. I just said the commentary is very good in this match. I said that one time. <laughs> That is true. (laughs) So I did not build it up to be the greatest commentary of all time. I just said, hey, Ryan, this commentary is pretty good. So don't try and put that on me, pal. Uh, Okay, so commentary, uh, the sunglasses. We both commented on the sunglasses. Remember that Brett gave out to the little kid at the start of the match? Oh, yeah. yeah, Those sunglasses are so fucking cool. Have you seen those kind of like... Not in that way, but like that style, like that frame kind of come back a little bit. Like, has it? I've seen like people with these, like, it's not like the wraparound, you know, like red, but it's like that's frame style. Like, it's like what he was giving out was considered a wraparound shape, which though, right? is like different. Yeah, I'm, that, okay, I mean, that, and those were fucking cool. Like, I would, uh, I would like to have a pair myself, but um, I feel okay. like that sort of thing is coming back. Even now that I'm Google searching wraparound, what he had was more than this. So what Brett had, you can imagine like a wraparound sunglass, but like this went the the lens, the shade went, I would say from temple to temple. Yeah. Oh, easily on your head. Yeah. Um, and it was just like pink. It was like a hot pink temple to temple shade. Yeah. I had a pair as a child. And I thought they were the fucking coolest things in the entire... I I don't have a lot of regrets in my life, but I cannot awesome. think of any reason why I do not still have those. Yeah. You probably... Can you get something like that? Yeah, he sells them on his website, actually. Yeah. We should get a pair. Yeah. I think, I think so. They were for, like, wrestling, wear them on the boat. Oh, my... Holy fuck. Yeah. I, I know you are happily in a relationship... But imagine a single man with a boat. <laughs> Can you imagine? With Bret Hart sunglasses, <laughs> you would be slaying it. Yeah, I know. 
Anybody, anybody would. Not even just Ryan, especially Ryan, especially but anybody. Me, yeah. but, but anybody would, especially seventeen-year-old Ryan <laughs> with a boat and those sunglasses. God damn! You just let me know what a stud. Where they're at? <laughs> we'll we'll see. Maybe yeah. I, I still have not seen you wear your Los shirt. So once once we knock that out, yeah, then we can okay. move on to Bret Hart sunglasses. Uh, let's see here, uh, the hair pulling we talked about a little bit. There was some like crazy hair pulling moves like one of them was like fucking intense I, I know exactly what you're talking you're talking about the beal so that's called a beal but usually a normal beal is where you like pick the guy up by like their shoulders and then you kind of just throw them as far as you can that was a beal but with the hair so basically just grabbed Brett by the hair and then uh, tossed him over using that yeah like a lot of the hair moves were like again fucking generic kind of bullshit like you know like let me just grab your hair a little bit and like no one said anything shake your finger but like some of those there's yeah maybe it's one or two of them I think they both mm-hmm. did it like fucking like perfect did it first the and then Brett did it back to him yeah. and that's I'm gonna go on a little soapbox here about what is missing from modern wrestling and I don't want to sound like an old man yelling at clouds but I, I'm probably going to for a little bit man like Everything in this match made sense. Like, the the shit that the bad guy did made sense, and then the shit that the good guy did made sense. So, and I pointed this out to you when it happened, Bret Hart was out-wrestling Mr. Perfect. Bret Hart was proving himself to be the better wrestler. So what does Mr. Perfect do in retaliation? He starts cheating to get an unfair advantage. And so then, the good guy, the babyface, has to then cheat basically as a way of kind of getting even and so when he cheats then the fans are into it because then it's to counteract the the bad guy cheating yeah yeah uh and that's like the type of little stuff that you don't really see anymore and like these two were two of the absolute best yeah of that era uh and it's just cool to be able to kind of see it and and just everything makes sense from a logic standpoint so that's my soapbox uh let's see here a lot of hair pulling as we talked about uh, I know you mentioned when Bret Hart had the guy's legs and then he was just kind of standing there for a bit. You didn't seem to enjoy that all, all too much, but you did appreciate that the commentary were also confused by it. Which part was this? It was towards the beginning of the match, so Bret has Mr. Perfect's legs, and Mr. Perfect's like, no, no, and like, oh, slapping the, the yeah, yeah. And then uh, he's kind of looking around at the, the crowd, like, what do you want me to do to him? Yeah. And then he just ends up stomping. Yeah, uh, well, because they were like, they were talking and they were, I, I think this was the same bar, and, and it was like, well, like, you have to do something. Like, you can't just sit. You have to do it now. Like, you're wasting a bunch of time. And this is what I thought about every wrestling match. If there's been one thing that's, like, consistent throughout every match, it's been, mm-hmm. like, they never took advantage of, like, any time where they had this guy, like, ready sure. to go in the first five minutes. Well, I, was, I, like, I was glad he got called out right there. <laughs> that was the one piece of commentary that I really liked. The one piece of commentary. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, let's see here. Closing the floor. Uh, there was the bit where Mr. Perfect is going to leave because he's getting frustrated, so he's just like, fuck it, I'm just going to walk oh, no, out. No. And then Bret Hart runs after Pulls him and like, rips strips his jersey, him. Yeah, yeah rips his, his uh, singlet, yeah. throws him back into the ring. Uh, let's see, there's a bit where Bret Hart got catapulted into like the photographer that was ringside. That was, I don't yeah. think, supposed to happen. The guy looked kind of like, he's okay. Right. <laughs> I think the photographer, if I could just warp into his brain, again, another Quantum link Leap reference here, but I think the photographer had a brief thought of, should I be selling this right now? Like, I sh- should I be yeah. act like I'm very hurt? 
but instead he was just very sort of like, when can I get up? Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's probably what was going through his head right there. Yeah, it was it was an interesting little like five second like watch to see how he's going to handle mm-hmm. this. Um, Eventually, they cut away from yeah. him, and, and you're you're left with no real knowledge of what happened to the photographer. No. So, uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. There was the one part I also remember that you had a little reaction to, where they're both up on the top rope. And then Brett gets punched, and he kind of, like, gets hung up in the ropes for a second and then drops. And then Mr. Perfect, like, collapses on top of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any thoughts about it, but I remember that being Just another, another one of the, like, interesting moves in this match. I don't even know if it was a move, but they kind of just fell down on each other. Like, but you just, I haven't seen that before. Uh, another thing you hadn't seen before was the bit where Brett's running towards the corner. He kind of does the thing where he props himself op- uh, up. And like jumps over perfect backwards, so oh, perfect yeah. charging in after him. You seem to you also enjoy that. Yeah, that's moves. a classic. That's a staple of. I'm surprised we haven't seen that. Or maybe uh, it just hasn't jumped out to you. Before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember you mentioning kind of around that point that you thought that Brett was very fluid in his in his moves, and you you seem to appreciate. The, they were both fairly fluid in their moves. Like they just kind of let the match like yeah come to them, and like they I but. I like shit where they like use their bodies like flailing at each other like off the ring and just like <laughs> like I think that yeah and they're you said they're big guys I know they're not as big as they like are now or like as big as they became but they're like big people and like yeah for them to be able to like fling their sh- like shit around like that is is pretty yeah so I mean like back then like so that that pay per view just so you're aware. The main event was Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior as a tag team against a, another group, and like Hulk Hogan was three hundred pounds, six foot six, something like that. Yeah. Um, Brett and Mister Perfect, they were probably like six one, six two, maybe like two thirty. Tiny, tiny. So by normal like... human standards, <laughs> these are fucking yeah. big dudes. But like by those standards, as like me as a little kid watching, I was like, okay, they're like r- normal to small sized people. Yeah. That's how it looked to me, especially with the moves that they were doing in the ring. And so those those were two of the guys that really ushered in sort of the modern era of wrestling in terms of it doesn't have to just be lumbering punches and slams and stuff. It can be more than that. So yeah. what they were doing was not as athletic as, say, a Will Ospreay like we've seen in the past. But in wrestling, it's always going to be kind of one of those generational things where somebody pushes things forward and Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect were... It was like a ballet and, uh, and a beautiful rank. story, yeah, a beautiful mat nice. drama. Was, yeah. Uh, to finish things out, there was the hair throws into the corners. Um, there was the the low blows, like we talked about, and then Mister Perfect just keeps going for low blows, keeps going for low blows. Eventually, Brett catches him, turns it into the sharpshooter, rolls around, and uh, Mister Perfect gave up. Yeah, I didn't really understand anything, but I was happy it ended that way. It was just so quick. It just like quickly happened. I was like, oh, like he's. I don't think I've ever seen Bret Hart do the sharpshooter from that position before. Maybe like once or twice, but usually he would he would just do what I was describing. He would like stand over the guy, loop his legs through, and then twist yeah. him over and pull back. But in this case, he caught Perfect's leg while they were both on the ground, yeah. and then kind of turned it. It was up. pretty abrupt. Yeah, it was pretty pretty abrupt. But uh, I think the people were ready. You could hear the "Let's Go Bret" chants, yeah. and they were excited. Uh, Perfect then got the remainder of his singlet stripped off. He was still wearing his uh, his trunks, his his panties, whatever you want to call them. 
Yeah. Um, but the remainder of his, his well, he kind of like at a certain point, he's just like starts like, shaking his leg. Like... <laughs> yeah, get this get this fucking thing off me so I can yeah. go home yeah. and hit the showers or whatever. Right. And then one of my favorite bits of the match where mm-hmm. uh, the interviewer Lord Lord Alfred Hayes is attempting to interview Stu Hart, Brett's dad, and. Ask him one question. Stu starts giving an answer, and then Lord Alfred totally cuts him yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Just the you were waiting for that. I could do the cherry on top of the Sunday. Like fuck you, old man. Yeah. You get to say he's wonderful, and then that's it. Yeah. All right. So that is my notes for the match. I think it is that time when we go to the whiteboard, our very full whiteboard, but our whiteboard nonetheless. So the question is, and I know you've been, I've been trying to steer you away from this. But uh, where does this where does this rank, my I friend? I mean, just so you know, like whenever I watch a match now, probably like the last ten episodes, I've been trying to figure out where I'm gonna place this. Like this is nothing new. Yeah. I'm not trying to steer at first or last because of your like recommendation. Okay, I, I'll well, give you my first when I when it's first, when you give me a good match. Sure. I'll put it first. Yeah. This is not it. Okay, that's that's fine. I didn't to be fair. I did not expect this to be first. Okay. I also didn't expect it to be last. It's not and last. I do- <laughs> I just want it. I want to just continue chipping away at you, so you're aware that this is something that I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, um, I was gonna say. So, okay. So again, science, hard science. We are men of science. We're here to do the science. That's what this is. This is not a comedy. It's a science podcast. The science podcast. Peen and pools. Acceptable scientifically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this match. We're gonna find out right now scientifically where it falls in the entire. Uh, spectrum of pro wrestling. We're gonna do our signs, our cosines. We've got our control experiments. We got our beakers. What did I rate last week's? Uh, what was what was uh, last week's? Oh yeah, six or seven. You rated it six. Six. Yeah. Um, this is better than that. Okay, so you liked it more than, yeah. than last week's. Okay. Yeah. Um, last week was too long for you. Um, too much downtime. Yeah, like. This had more like throughout the whole thing had more I agree. to it. Yeah, I agree with um, that. But I'm trying to figure out. I I have a f- I have a feeling where this should go, <laughs> but I'm not going to say anything. I want you to make your decision first, and then <laughs> then I might try and sway you. Like we'll see. I it's. I, I, think fact, I, I think I might need to start moving down like Kaufman. I think. I would agree with that. Um, because I think I have it so highly rated for some reason. I think mm-hmm. I just like that kind of... Okay, so okay, so I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Because I thought for sure this should at least be number four. Yeah, it's not going to go higher. I don't think that... Well, that okay, is. let's talk about this. Let's talk about <laughs> this. Because I have been doing... Yeah. I've been doing some scientific studies. I've been reading a lot of journals and uh, putting together some case studies... So Taz versus Bam Bam. Do you remember anything about that match? Yep. What do you remember about I the remember match, right? I held dearly in my fucking head. He, uh, this is the problem. is because you have no frame of reference besides like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's number three. That means I must have really, really liked it. Some of this shit we watched so early yeah. that there just wasn't a comparison point. And you just held on to these things, which is not a very scientific way to look at it. I'll tell you what happened in Taz versus Bam Bam. You hated Bam Bam Bigelow because he was just a big fat guy that moved around and uses <laughs> your words, not mine. I like Bam Bam. Oh. But you didn't like him because, oh, he just uses weight. He just ran into Taz. You really did like Taz. The most notable thing about that match was when they fell through the ring. Oh. 
Uh, but why wouldn't I have rated any of the, like, you know, post-matches, like, you know, the next couple, like, higher than that? Because you, I didn't break it down in this way because I wasn't getting frustrated with the lack of movement <laughs> in the top in the top uh, section before. But now, now I'm getting to the point now where <laughs> I know for a fact that you did not love Taz versus Bam Bam. So, I didn't love this match either. And you, and you may not have loved this match either, but I do think it's either going to be three or four. And I think that you could make a case either way. Because it seemed like, just again, scientifically, you liked both Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect. This there was not a weak link in this match between the two of those. There wasn't, no. But it's going to number four now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, it's a new number so four. Start going Taz versus Bam Don't fucking try to talk me out of Taz versus Bam Bam. I'm not trying to talk you out of Taz. I'm I, trying you to... You just did. You spent like a... I'm trying to let you evaluate your options. I, I don't want you to be too precious about these things. I make my own fucking decisions. You didn't remember one thing that happened in the match, Ryan. I'm trying to educate you on your feelings in the moment. Because if not me, then who else is going to do it? Are you committing to four? I'm committing four to it? four. Yeah, I'll, okay. I'll commit to four. That was a good match. It was a good solid. It was good. It was good on both sides. Like I, I like both the wrestlers, which is not something I usually or always. Uh, I would agree with come that. To the, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that's true. In my own experience. All right, Great. All right. We've got our top 18 matches of all time. Uh, sorry, Steiner Brothers. You are still the bottom of the barrel, scientifically, in the worst matches of all time. Uh, but Or you could look at it as, you know what? You're in the top 20 of all matches of all time. So you could look at it, yeah. Glass is half full. Uh, anything, anything else worth noting around our match here today, Ryan, that you want to impart to our, our beautiful listeners who uh, who have made the choice to stream or download this from Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, any of our number of partners that are out there in the world today. It's not a Taz versus Bam Bam, but don't you now you're trying to rile me up. All right, well that brings us then to Eric's wisdom tree, the segment. Every episode where I impart a piece of wisdom <laughs> onto our listeners yeah, yeah. that Ryan immediately shits on without even trying to do it. Uh, Ryan, have you, ever, have you have, this may not be applicable to you, have you ever found yourself in a scenario where you thought to yourself, man, I am old? Yeah. <laughs> this happened recently. All the time. <laughs> yeah. I have a foolproof method. If you, if you yourself out there listening, if you think, man, I am, I am old. I'm an old man. I'm an old woman, whatever the case may be. Or maybe you're looking at somebody like, they're old. That's an old person. Here's how you know for a fact, definitively, scientifically, if this person is old or not. Anyone who's old will not jump. No one's ever seen an old person jumping. So if you ever feel real old, just just jump. Okay. And with that said, <laughs> that's Eric's wisdom tree. Do you, you? I feel like you have something to say about that. No, I just think it's fucking stupid. Well, no one's asking for your fucking wisdom, so <laughs> I'm I'm a, I, okay. Blow it out your. Have you ever seen an old person jump, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you have not. You, come on, sixty year old can jump higher than you probably. I'm. Then they're not old. <laughs> then they're not old. What is old? 
That's what I'm saying. Old is the one who can't jump. How many people in a senior living, assisted living facility have you ever seen leap? Leap is a different word than jump. Even just a hop. <laughs> That's also a different word than How jump. many of them have you seen hop <laughs> in your life? I got a number for you that I know the right answer is, and that's zero. You've never seen anyone in an assisted living facility hop, leap, I'll even go so far as to say skip. I don't want to hate on your idea here. I don't. I don't want to. You may not want to, but you've already done it, so just keep going. Your ideas are so frustrating sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that you and I can agree on, because I find your ideas equally frustrating, man, who had gone into 1989 (laughs) of any time period in the history of the Earth. To live, Eric. To live. (laughs) To live. Uh Uh-huh. Not to go visit... You can't refute this. Old people do not jump. What is old to you? Someone who can't jump is is old. That's unrealistic to just say they're old. I'm trying to give just people... Just them, them are When you were 10? Yeah. How old was an old person? Your dad? Yeah. 40? You probably had great hops. If there's any 10-year-olds listening to this podcast right now, any 10-year-olds within the sound of my voice, if you think your daddy's old... Just ask him to jump. And if he can, he's not that old. What's so hard to understand about this, Ryan? I am very, very... What's the word here? Old. I'm <laughs> I'm very, like, conscious about my age right mm-hmm. now. And, and I'm having a difficult time with your fucking, like, stupid jumping <laughs> fucking thing about old people. I'm having a very difficult time with that. That seems like right a you problem. That's not my my issue. Can you jump right now? Cause I can seven. jump so fucking high. Well, then you're not old, so what do you have to worry about? But I could jump high when I was 60, too. When I am 60. I mean, you might be dead. I could be. I'm sure. yeah, <laughs> I don't know what your cholesterol very... looks like or anything like that. I still like it. I don't like what you said. Mm-hmm. That's... Okay. I'm saying there is a line in the sand of the truly old, and the truly old uh, cannot cannot jump. That's that's the rule. I think a truly old person could jump too. Like also, like a, yeah, they might be able to, and then like hurt themselves if you can jump and then not injure yourself. I bet my grandpa could jump a little bit. Well, what do you consider a jump? Like a hop? Uh, I uh, you'll know it when you see it. You know it when you see it. And with that said, that that concludes this episode, episode eighteen, the number. Of the legality. Exciting stuff. My goodness. Thanks, everybody. Uh, next week, what do we got on tap for next week? Should I verify? Do you care, Ryan? No. no. Wow. Do it. That's a, you don't care, or you're saying I should say it? Yeah, say it. Remember Ric Flair? No. What? I'm just kidding. Yeah, you do. Of course I do. Woo! You know, at this point, Ric Flair is so, like, just embedded into my head well next week we got another match that's not going to be first and it's not going to be last but it's Ric Flair versus Terry Funk which is a good match Terry Funk we've seen Terry Funk as well he was the one who was in the empty arena match against Jerry Lawler he was the one Uh, screaming and uh, shouting and carrying on arguably the greatest of all time depending on as far as that era anyway Uh, but yeah Ric Flair versus Terry Funk should be a good one uh, won't be first, won't be last, but hey, it'll be somewhere in the middle. And who doesn't love <laughs> middling matches to just fill content, right, everybody? Anyway, I hope you have a good rest of your day. And if you're not hard, maybe you should consider getting hard. And once you get hard, you should probably stay hard. 
Bye, everybody. I am dripping from head to toe in the beefiest juice meat extract. (laughs) 